Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life Only Begins After Coffee. So today's topic is going to be a little bit more personal, where I talk about a month-long trip that I had in Europe just last December during Christmas period. And it's a very special trip to me because it's a trip that I've always dreamed of. I wanted to travel alone to somewhere further away from Asia. And because I've been to the United States and I haven't been to Europe before, so I decided to take the opportunity to go to Europe during one of my school semester's winter break. And to be really honest, I'm not gonna lie, I actually didn't have much things prepared for this week's episode of the podcast because I've started my master's studies last week and things have been really very busy because I'm doing internship in the morning and I have classes at night. So I decided to talk about something more lighthearted this week and traveling has always been a hobby of mine because I often find myself uh, really amazed by historical buildings, cultural icons or sites that are rich in history and places that are just overwhelmingly beautiful. Like they really capture my heart. So today I thought that it would be a good opportunity for me to talk about one of my traveling experience. So during this one month trip to Europe, I was mostly traveling alone and meeting some of my friends along the way at different countries. And I think through this trip, I have actually grown a lot as a person and learned more about the different things like cross-cultural sensitivity, especially when I am doing a homestay experience, which I'll talk on later. And then also how to navigate in a foreign land on my own because different countries, they have different network systems and different languages which makes things a lot more complex than it is. And also developed valuable communication skills because as much as English is an international language, some of the countries, they have other language as their first language, which makes it slightly more difficult to communicate sometimes. So yeah, I started off my journey with a two-week stay in Germany where I did a homestay with one of the German locals. In particular, it's a place called Mannheim, slightly below Frankfurt. And I'm pretty sure you guys know where Frankfurt is, so it's actually a one-hour bus journey from Frankfurt itself. And I think it was a very enriching experience because I it was the first time I actually did a homestay all by myself. And I was exposed to a lot of cultural dishes of Germany and the lifestyles of the people there. So my host was actually very friendly. She will cook up a lot of German dishes for us for dinner. Oh yeah, and yeah, that's for us because I actually did a homestay with another student from Singapore. So the two of us are actually attending German classes in the day during the two weeks. And then we will head back to the same host family uh, at night. So that's how we actually passed the two weeks there. And I was actually very glad that I decided to opt for the homestay experience instead of staying in the hotels or uh, any other residences. Because becoming a part of a new family, especially when you're alone in a foreign land, yeah, I mean, it means that you have to adopt their customs and their way of life, but it also gives you the right to ask you questions on like, why a particular culture behaves that way, why the traditions are like this, or if you have any questions on your itinerary, you need any tips on traveling around, you actually have someone there to guide you and help you with. So I think it's a better experience than staying in hotels and I will highly recommend all of you to opt for a homestay experience if you could. 
because I think that's the only way that you can truly understand a particular culture of a country. And I was definitely in a position where I could better understand the culture of Germany through living the everyday life of a local. So besides all the German dishes that my host actually cook up for us, she brought us to some of the places, some of the dinner places that the Germans usually frequent, which we would not know if not for her. And she also brought us to a music bar where there are live bands playing every night. So that is definitely something we don't get in Singapore or in fact in some Asia countries. So besides that, Germany was also a place that was uh, very bustling during the Christmas season. Yeah, did I mention that I actually went over during the Christmas period? So Germany was filled with different Christmas markets. Every town has their own Christmas market. So there's a Christmas market in Mannheim, there's a Christmas market in Frankfurt, there's a Christmas market in Berlin, Dortmund, and all the different towns. So it's the first time I've actually been to a Christmas market and trust me, it's a very exciting experience because it's lined with different shop houses selling different things. So there are shop houses selling Christmas cookies, chocolates, marshmallows. Oh, and there's potato pancakes which are very delicious especially during the winter season because you are so cold from walking from place to place and then the potato pancakes are fried and warm. So you actually can dip it in sour cream sauce or apple sauce and it's superb. <laughs> and last but not least, every Christmas market will always have one particular store that is swarmed by a lot of people, be it locals or tourists. And that is Glühwein, which is German Glühwein. It's actually malt wine. So it's like wine that is made from different herbs and raisins, things like that. And the best thing during winter is that this wine is warm. After shopping around, walking around in the cold and you can actually meet your friend for a cup of Glühwein and that instantly warms you up. And not forgetting Friday nights when you have your TGIF and you celebrate with alcohol. Trust me, when it's so cold, like 0 degrees or sub-0 degrees, you'll definitely want to swap out whatever alcohol beverage that you're used to having to a warm cup of malt wine. Okay, so enough of Germany. The next stop is Switzerland, which is also the country that I really looked forward to out of my entire itinerary because in Switzerland, it means the Alps and the Alps means snowboarding. And I really love extreme sports like snowboarding or skiing. I am into scuba diving and waiting to take my advanced certificate when the whole COVID situation clears up and probably also venture into free diving after mastering scuba diving. So yeah, I am really an avid fan of extreme sports because of the adrenaline that it gives me and the excitement and fulfillment that until now I haven't been able to find anything that can replace that. So Switzerland was really a very beautiful place. When I reached there, I remember being very awestruck at the surroundings, at the natural beauty because it was literally snow everywhere I turned. So it's 360 degrees surrounded by snow. It was like a scene straight out from a fairy tale movie. Or like, you know, those desktop screensavers where they actually show pictures of the mountains, of the Alps. It was literally like that and I even captured those pictures on my own camera and it felt so screensaver worthy. So yeah, 
And I guess the most exciting thing about Switzerland was being able to snowboard in the Swiss Alps. So previously, I've actually skied in Korea before, but I would say it's a very different experience because back then in Korea, it wasn't snowing. And I'm not too sure if the ski slope was man-made back then, probably not. But in Switzerland itself, when I took the tram up to the peak for my snowboarding classes, it was snowing then. And it's just really cool because I've never really been at a, in a place where it's snowing 24-7 and much more I'm actually doing snowboarding classes there. So it was something like a dream come true or something that I could only dream of in the past. So I really treasured that opportunity and although I only managed to snowboard for a day, I think I could say I'm an amateur snowboarder. I could maneuver quite easily because I used to rollerblade and I could ski. Okay, but I'm not a pro, definitely. But regardless, I'm already looking forward to the next time where I can ski. Of course, when COVID-19 becomes kinder and we actually get to travel again. So yeah, although I only spent three days in Switzerland, but I've made new friends there, I've exchanged contacts with the snowboarding instructor, we are friends now on social media, and I have fell in love with snowboarding obviously, and I really am looking and making plans for the next time where I can snowboard again, probably the next time when I go backpacking. So yeah, I really really enjoy traveling because of all this, and I really look forward to being able to backpack, trek, scuba diving, climb mountains, ski, snowboard, all at the same time. So I really hope that COVID-19 is kind to us and gets better soon, which I'm sure it will. And then we can travel again. I'll be uploading or sharing some photos of Switzerland in my Instagram account later on. So you can take a look at the beautiful places that I've been to or the beautiful scenery that I've captured on my camera. So for now, the next stop is Poland, where I met up with a friend of mine who is studying in England back then. So she just finished her exams and we decided to meet up to travel and explore Poland for a week or so. So we made plans to travel Wroclaw, Warsaw and Krakow, which are the three more famous places in Poland. But as much as Poland is really a very beautiful place, the people there are nice, we met new friends and again, we exchanged contacts and had lunch together. And of course, suffered the terribly sub-zero weather as well, not to mention that. But I think one of the highlights of the entire Poland trip can easily be said to be the Auschwitz-Birkenau concentration camp, which was the place that my friend and I really wanted to visit and also the main reason why we went to Poland. So if you have studied the Second World War in school last time, or you have heard of the Holocaust, then you have probably heard of the Auschwitz concentration camp, which is one of the largest concentration camps and the greatest mass murders in history. And while Birkenau's buildings were mostly destroyed in 1945 when the Nazis actually tried to hide the evidence, Today, you can still walk around the piles of brick and twisted metal where the gas chambers once stood, or go inside the recreations of the wooden huts where people would actually sleep and do their normal daily business. So when you reach the Birkenau site, in the middle is actually a railway track where trains would arrive, bring prisoners from all across Europe, and then that's when the guards select who of them would leave and who would die. So 
Usually the fitter ones like the male will survive and be brought to the camp for them to work. And then the weaker ones like the sick, the elderly and the children, the women would go straight to the gas chamber where they will be tortured. I think it was a really saddening experience because standing there myself and experiencing the cold and damp weather made it really uncomfortable for myself. And having to imagine back then how they had to survive through winter with such terrible and harsh conditions just make things worse. And being there itself really makes it different because you can understand the story in its own entirety instead of just the textbooks and walking into the guest chambers and imagining how they suffered back then, it really pulls your heartstrings and it was really an experience that I think not many tourists will want to do or want to go. But I think it's a place where many people should go and give it a try, experience it, listen to the story because I am pretty sure this place will definitely have an effect on you. And I think that visiting Birkenau isn't really like a museum. So you are not there to like see things and have exhibits all explained to you. You are mostly left on your own with your own thoughts, standing on a railway track, thinking back then what happened and trying to make sense of what took place here last time. And I think just like a lot of people, my friend and I, we left the camp feeling a little bit more upset. And I think it was really saddening having to imagine what the prisoners in camp had to experience back then. And then there is the Auschwitz camp where you can actually walk through the different rows of brick huts. And each of these brick huts had a different function. So I remembered very clearly that there were two hearts that left a very big impact on me. One of it was a very heartbreaking one where there were piles of people's belongings showcased in an enclosed room. So there were huge stacks of suitcases, shoes, cups, bowls, cutleries, kitchen, hardwares, everything that people actually brought with them when they thought that they were just being sent away to work somewhere else and someday they would be going home. And then there is another room where it showcases glasses, wooden legs and human hair. Because back then, it was known that taking people's clothes, belongings and shaving their hair was a way the Nazis used to strip them of their humanity. And all these showcases are really very painful to watch and as we walk through the different rooms, it was very difficult and it's difficult to not imagine how you would have coped if you were in their place instead. And I think the most important highlight of that camp itself was a quote at Auschwitz that says, those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it. So as visitors, when we visit the camp and we look back at the camp 70 years, it's really very difficult for us to imagine how this could ever had happened in history. And I do encourage all of you to visit the Auschwitz-Birkenau camp if you are headed for Poland because it's a place where you will never forget and an experience that you can take away and hold on to it and make sure that something like this will never happen again. Okay, I think we are in a very moody tone right now because of the whole Auschwitz-Birkenau camp. But then, okay, so let's just put a full stop here at Poland and let's move on to the last stop and the last country of my entire itinerary, which is the United Kingdom. So I actually went to London and Manchester after the Poland trip and I took a flight there, which is an overnight flight. Okay, no, 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 it's not an overnight flight. So um, my flight was actually at 4am early in the morning so that I would reach London at 7am. 
So for that night, I actually didn't book any hotel accommodation or whatnot. So at 11pm, my friend and I, we actually were headed to two different countries. I think she was going, I can't remember where she was going, but I was going to London. So she was taking a bus, so she headed to the bus stop and I was taking a flight. So I headed to the airport at 11pm and then we camped the entire night. We stayed at our respective places and I stayed at the airport for the entire night until 4am before I took my flight. So very obviously I didn't tell my parents about this. I told them that I was staying in a hotel at 11pm. I told them good night and and yeah I texted them at 7am when I reached London. So I think everything is good. <laughs> so yeah London was a really different country as compared to every other place that I have been in Europe because it was more like a metropolitan city. It was very bustling and it was a very busy city. People are roaming early in the morning, late at night. So I kind of really like London. And more importantly, it was like a shopping heaven. So there is this street. If I didn't remember wrongly, it's called the Regent Street where there are shops everywhere so literally everywhere you go you will see places like Jack Wills, ANF, Hollister and all the different brands out there and they are always on discounts so you can definitely get a lot of things there cheaper than it is in Singapore so I spent quite a lot of money there but to be fair I saved quite a bit when I was in Germany and in Poland, not to mention Switzerland because that's the most expensive, right? So yeah, besides shopping, I actually met up with another friend there because he was studying in, I think it was Amsterdam, and he was doing some traveling after his school ended for exchange. So we actually celebrated the countdown in London and it was beautiful because we managed to get a spot on the bridge and we managed to catch the countdown fireworks at the London's Eye. So it was a really festive season, I would say, and the atmosphere was great because everyone at the bridge were holding on to either champagne, beer, and as the clock hits 12, all of us will start to count down together, watch the fireworks, and after the fireworks, everyone, strangers, friends, will start to toast to their beer, toast to their champagne, and it was a really heartwarming moment. I think I was very fortunate to be able to spend the New Year Eve's countdown in London because it's a really different experience, be it culturally or how things actually work. Because in Singapore, I don't think we are able to just drink freely in the public like that. And it was really special. Everywhere was crowded with people. The mountains, the bridge, everywhere that you can catch the fireworks will have people ready with their alcohol. So it's really a very interesting experience. And I think... If given a chance, I would suggest you to go to London for the New Year's Eve. So yeah, this entire one-month trip in Europe has kind of come to an end. And all this navigation from place to place was actually quite tough initially. And I had to lug a 20kg luggage from place to place, from Germany to Poland, Poland to Switzerland, Switzerland, and then to London. So it was really tiring but I kind of think it gets better as time passes as I became more aware of my surroundings because it's still very difficult to navigate when you have to take care of so many things at the same time. Yeah, but once you kind of know how things work in other countries and 
you'll become more confident in making decisions, you'll be more comfortable with traveling alone. So that being said, let me end off this podcast with a quote that I really believe in. So it goes like this. Traveling, it leaves you speechless, then turns you into a storyteller. And I think this quote can't be any more true because I believe that I am the sum of my travel experiences. And these experiences in this one month trip to Europe alone have taught me so many things and have equipped me with so many valuable skill sets. And I now have so many stories that I can tell people about. So I kind of genuinely hope that the COVID-19 situation gets better so that I can continue traveling and start planning for my next stop. So yeah, that's about it for today's episode of the podcast. And thank you for tuning in to Life Only Begins After Coffee. See you next week. Bye.